The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the No Good Podcast, where we are joined by Peter Chow, the Canadian comedic legend, an icon in the YouTube vlogging sphere, a pioneer, if you would say, who has paved the way for so many other YouTube comedians. Peter, first and foremost, we were talking about the pandemic and being distant and all that stuff right now. Hope you're good. Hope all is well with you, despite everything going on. All is well, and I have to say, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm not a musician, you know, I don't sing, I don't <laughs> rap, but I, I really appreciate you guys just having me on the show. It's an honor. Well, I mean, what you do is pretty damn talented in its own right, right? You know, maybe it's not music, but it's 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 a different type of music well, I mean, to our I guess ears. TikTok is a little bit of a music app, <laughs> I suppose. I'm almost kind of taking advantage of that platform just to do my own shit. It's like, and by the way, can I say shit mm-hmm. on, on the show? It's you can totally say yeah. oh, okay. whatever you want. Right. Yeah, very good. You never know. You never know in these situations. But yeah, I mean, TikTok was made for the dancing and the singing. And then I was just like, why don't I just use this app to do my own shit? So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's a good avenue to kind of explore my own comedy. I love short form as well, you know, because I'm yeah. used to the whole, you know, YouTube thing. But but by the way, I have to say thank you so much for that intro. Yeah, you're 11 years in the game. Come on. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. You guys are nice, yeah. man. You guys are the nicest people I've ever met. <laughs> YouTube hasn't been around long enough for there to be other. There, there's. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're Dude, you're a pioneer, man. I joined you YouTube when there was no money in it. That's how early it was. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. man, all my videos are blowing up, and and I'm not making any dough on this. And now I'm seeing oh, you wow. know all these kids. You know, I love to say that. You know, all these kids, <laughs> all these young kids, these yeah, kids <laughs> on the come up, just you know, doing what I did, man. If I if I was making bank back in the day, like you know, at the peak of what I was doing, man. A lot of dough would have come my way. But hey, you know what? We we move on. And now TikTok's almost kind of like the new YouTube where yeah. YouTube was. Yeah. Where there's yeah. no, you know, sort of sustainable, I guess, monetization method. You yeah. know, I guess I think creators in the US get some sort of fun, but I'm not sure how significant that is. I'm so not sure I'll, if you guys have intel. I'll, I'll I'll no no info. No, no inside sources here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll I'll ask you that. You actually bring up something interesting where it's like uh, is that even the thought process you have nowadays when you're making videos? Is it, you know, Money? like, yeah, <laughs> is, is monetization the first thing that pops up or no, certainly not. I mean, I think that if, if that was the approach that you took with anything that you did, I think that's the wrong approach. Mm. I think building a brand and building a foundation, building an audience, I think that's what leads to people wanting to monetize. I mean, if you beg for money right out the, right out the gate, I don't think it's uh I don't think it bodes well for a sustainable future. Yeah. You know, as a creator, you want to create because it makes you happy and you want to create because you genuinely want to put something out there that makes people laugh and smile. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it always makes me really happy when people reach out to me, even, you know, back in the YouTube days, they'll say, you know, wow, like, you know, I grew up with your content. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a good feeling to have that. Mm-hmm. And then when people have shitty days, 
uh, days in which they're down on themselves and they say that, hey, I watched a few of your videos and it just really made me laugh and it made my day. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, you can't really monetize. You can't put a, mm -hmm. you, can't, yeah. you can't put dollar value with that. It just makes you feel mm -hmm. good and it makes you feel like even when you're making the content and you don't think that it'll impact people in a particular way or in a specific way, you end up getting feedback that it did. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's wonderful when that happens. Uh, speaking about your content and your channel, I remember like as an early subscriber, you were always wearing sunglasses and had the accent on and we never really knew who the real you was. So yeah. when and why did you decide to start acting like yourself on your channel? <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was a good question. I mean, it's, it was entirely by design, you know, at first to, to have almost kind of um, the character, you know, just mm -hmm. uh, to, to be a mystery, you know, essentially. Mm -hmm. It was a way for me to, you know, have a private life as well, because at the time I had just finished, I think I was a year removed from film school. I was taking public transit a lot and I still do if, if, you know, the situation begs for it, but I was out a lot and I didn't want to get recognized without the sunglasses, but people were able to, to come to that conclusion. <laughs> Someone actually <laughs> took a picture of me, like in my regular glasses yeah. And they took it from a far away. And then this was before like there were Snapchat filters and Instagram filters where you could just put sunglasses on yeah. anyone. Yeah. They like took it into like Microsoft paint and painted glasses over my <laughs> eyes. Yeah. And then they would put it on the internet and go, Hey, I think I, I found Peter. Ch <laughs> 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 but, um, but to answer your question, it, it's, I almost see myself as, kind of like back, especially back in the day, kind of like an internet version of, you know, Borat, you know, you talk about mm. Borat, you know, mm -hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen, he's a comedic genius. He's someone that I sincerely look up to in terms of the bravery and courage that he approaches that comedic style. But I wanted to emulate that, you know, at the time. And, but a few years down the road, I was like, well, I think it's time that I prove to myself that I can do something else other than a Chinese accent and, and, mm -hmm. and yeah, that's it. That, that, that's the story behind that. I just wanted to see if there was something else that I could do. I missed having a boss surprisingly because I was my own boss yeah. creating content for so long mm -hmm. that I was like, wow, I wonder what it's like to actually report to someone and to go, Hey, what do you want me to do? What character do you want me to play? What, what, what mm -hmm. are some pieces of dialogue that you want? Like, what's the story that you want me to tell? And mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do that at, as Peter Chow because I was so protective of the character at the time, you know, kind of like the Undertaker and the, the Chinese <laughs> accented version of the Undertaker <laughs> from WWF days. I was just so protective of the character. I, and looking back, I'm not saying that I shouldn't have been, but I, I, there were certain instances that I think handicapped my opportunity in terms of, um, you know, chasing the dream outside of the YouTube game. Now it's a it's a different process that creating your own videos, creating your own YouTube videos versus going out there and acting. And now you're on set and you're dealing yeah. with writers, directors, producers that you're getting all this feedback and trying to deal with it. What is what is the main difference you realized in yourself when you're on set and you're doing it versus you're at home in the comfort of your own home making these videos? I think time, really, because you're on someone else's time. True. And you're also you know, when you're on set and you're acting, you're putting your best foot forward in terms of realizing a character that they invented on the page. Mm -hmm. When you're at home and you're developing, oh, what 
scenarios would Peter Chow fit into? You know, <laughs> should I go out and troll people in the public? And and I see those videos all the time now. I don't know what's real, what's fake. I never faked a video back in the day. I just, I loved the genuine reaction that I could get out of people just by saying certain things to them. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, and, and you're, you're so kind to say that I was a, a pioneer. I really, really appreciate that. But I do see a lot of the content that I, I guess, I'm not sure whether I was the first one to do it, but I certainly really, Talk you that know, shit. Talk that shit. Because it's true. I appreciate all the people that, you know, do the prank shit now. And like, yeah. you know, people who are a little bit more so like creating content on the edge. And yeah. I feel like at the time when I started YouTube, it was it was just. I don't know. It was just for kids like you had like the Freds and like you had content oh, yeah. created for kids. And yeah. I was like, this this platform needs an edge, you mm -hmm. know. I, I, <laughs> so I decided to like literally every two words was like mother fuck you fuck you know mother bitch you know all that shit you know like, and I was like, well, I mean, I I no such thing as monetization anyway. <laughs> I'll just do whatever I want. So that's what I that's what I did, and I always like uh, I just love when Chinese people swear especially when they, you know, aren't particularly good at English because like the Cantonese dialect is just so pointed that when you say words like fuck, it just has that sort of like, <laughs> wow, sounds yeah. good. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's, that's the main difference between the two. Um, I would say just the ability to realize a character that was invented by someone else versus concepts that you would come up in your own living room. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I got to ask you, like, did you ever find it difficult to take a break from YouTube? Because everybody knows if a YouTuber takes a break, the fans think it's eternity, even if it's for like a few days. <laughs> Actually, there were rumors that I was dead. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> like, people, like when people like disappear for a few days or even a few months, you know, online, I think now it's worse. I think it's so important to maintain like mental health. I know it's like it sucks because as a viewer, you expect, you know, creators to be able to churn out content. If you churn out too much content, then it gets to be like, you're making too much. Like you're not going to make them happy. That's, that's yeah. the end of the day is that there always are going to be a, a certain subset of your audience, whether they're loyal or whether they're casual, they're going to be upset with the amount of content that you deploy to the platform. And that's when I, it, it came to kind of like, you know, a situation where I was like, I felt like I was making a video to pay bills. And that's when I had to decide, like, I don't want to do this just because I need to pay a bill. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to do this just because there's a brand deal and, and there's offers on the table to do this. I wanted to do something else and I wanted to prove myself in other ways. And I feel at the time, and it sucks because like, just as I made that decision was when there were a lot of opportunities to make a ton of money. <laughs> but it's just, man, I, I wasn't happy doing it. But mm -hmm. um, taking breaks, you know, I took a lot of breaks. I'm on a huge yeah. break right now, a few years now, <laughs> especially <laughs> the, the YouTube game. But it's nice. It's nice seeing like all the people that come and go. I mean, even when you look at Jake Paul's, I mean, I feel his time is somewhat expired. He's a boxer now. You know, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's a good boxer. But he's a boxer. <laughs> he wants to do it. And you got to, you know, you got to you got to respect the guy who, for wanting to be a boxer and training to be a boxer. But now it's just it's entered into a whole new sort of phase. 
Um, and I think it's it's important for all of these people to take the breaks that they need um, to truly enjoy and love what they're doing. Because if you are not loving what you're doing from a content perspective, don't do it. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's a waste of everyone's time because people can tell. Yeah, people can tell when when you're when you're starting to lose a bit. I think uh, I think one thing that's underrated as well is that you know you yourself you grow like you grow out of certain things and you just yeah. develop new interests new things that you like to yeah. do and that becomes such a huge part of what like the component of a content creator is right like Jake Paul you mentioned it he he's into boxing now but he's also trying to be a rapper right he's also making yeah. A- <laughs> oh yeah he's a rapper he has yeah a little feuds with uh, KSI and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? so so it's like it's interesting uh you know how the mind of a content creator works did did you ever go through a phase where you're like oh I'm so interested in this now so I'm going to dive fully into it and and kind of immerse myself into that Honestly, it was it was acting all the way. I, I felt like, you know, because I never wanted to be an actor as a kid. I, I surprisingly, I wanted to be behind the camera. Mm. I went to school for directing, producing, editing, things of that nature. And then when I started doing the Peter Chow thing, I was like, oh, I kind of like the way that I look in front of the camera. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have problems with our ego. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, man, I look pretty good with these shades on and then i took them <laughs> off one time like years down the road and and then people were like man your eyes are like you know really close together and then because <laughs> <laughs> like there were theories you know when i did do the shades thing where people had theories of the reason why i had sunglasses on mm-hmm. rumors yeah. of i had a cocaine addiction i had like, <laughs> i knew it i, I knew it <laughs> See, it's revealed. It's finally revealed. Right here, that's the title right the there. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty funny because um, even on our YouTube channel and everything, we I actually started a gimmick too where I was wearing a hat and the sunglasses for all of my videos. And I was actually inspired by you because I just found that so funny. Right? And then even in our comments and everything, people would be like, oh, he, he's blind. He doesn't even know what's going on. He's this, he's that. And I'm like, oh my God, bro. Like... <laughs> They're like, oh, if you take off the sunglasses, maybe you could see the video better. Yeah. <laughs> People just kind of come up with their own narratives, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, when yeah. you refuse, especially for such a long time, you yeah. know, I did it for like from 2009 to 2014. I didn't take my glasses off once. And I was super protective when people like saw me in public and like came at me. And like, you know, when you're in the position that I'm in where you, you're, you're kind of ready uh, you're you're always looking around to see yeah. if anybody recognizes you, and, yeah. and when they do, whether you're at a mall or something, I had like an extra pair of sunglasses, like always in my pocket, <laughs> that I would just swap. You know, I'd swap off my real real specs, and then I'd put the other. It was, it was a pain in the ass because I can, actually legitimately can't see without these guys. Okay. So, <laughs> so I take them off and I put them on, and then I take the picture and I take them off, and then people try to snap photos like right after as I take them off just to see you know, yeah. put that yeah. on the internet, you know, it, it's, that's, that's the mystery. When, when you ho- withhold information from people who follow you and are avid fans of you, um, I'm not going to say they don't like it, but they, they want to find out the truth. <laughs> but, um, but they, they certainly thought that I was either a cocaine addict, heroin addict, or uh, I was cross-eyed. That was another, that was another <laughs> theory. I never I got the that blind theory. That's so interesting. You guys got the blind theory. I got the cross-eyed theory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So there's been a lot of backlash or some backlash on your earlier videos. Um, did those comments and those engagement ever really get to you or bother you? 
not really, you know, <laughs> you know, especially now we're in the, um, we're in the cancel culture. Phase. Cancel and, and culture. Cancel yeah. culture. One of you guys, one of you guys brought up a really good point, uh, earlier, which was, you know, w- with my content at such an earlier stage, did I ever think about, you know, what I was doing before I did them? And I have to say, and, and like we grow, right. As, as creators, we grow over the years, things that I regret that I did now back on the, you know, in the days I would make fun of, like, I'd made fun of like, you know, gay people, fat people, yeah. black people, Chinese people, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, I, th- there is, you know, certain videos that I'm like, well, I took that down, like as soon as I put it up, but people find it, people yeah. dig mm-hmm. for those videos and they find it and they repost it. And n- now, you know, you see them on Twitter. I like I did my due diligence back in the day. I took down those videos, but they find him. They, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. found the videos and 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 here we are. And it's like, thank goodness for, you know, YouTube's like copyright system or community guideline system. You can actually get people who repost your videos from take 10 down, years yeah. ago. Yeah. Take them down. But yeah, I, I, I certainly made mistakes. I think some some are still yeah. out there that, you know are still pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) well i mean like it's it's kind of uh, a thing and this is this is what cancel culture in general where it's like there's an acceptance right like 10 years ago those jokes were widely accepted right and and i mean widely whether whether, yeah whether we like it or not that's kind of what the culture was at the time it's Mm -hmm. not that now do you think that's an issue that kind of people have to look and kind of take into consideration even when you're making content now for 10 years from now Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the hardest time right now to be a comic. And nobody says it better than Dave Chappelle in his latest special when he does an imitation. And he's like, that's you. (laughs) It's literally the toughest thing to be a comic. Obviously, with the pandemic and everything, it's impossible to be a comic. I'm not sure if you guys have ever tuned in to comics trying to you know, stay relevant on Zoom. Like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need a live crowd. Um, and, and some of the, some of the stuff that I did for my old videos, I tested with real audiences. It's not like I, you know, always hid behind the lens. I would actually take the character to stage and do stand up with the glasses oh, and wow. people in the back would, would always wonder like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, <laughs> it's like dark as fuck back there. It's like, it's so, yeah, if you guys have ever done stand up or, or anything, it's super dark and dingy and run down in the back when you go out it's fucking bright so it's kind of great when you walk out on the stage and you do the chinese accent you got the shades you almost feel like a layer of protection mm-hmm. so i would test my bits you know a lot of the bits that i did like chinese people talk so loud you know i tested that bit out in front of the stage oh, um wow. yeah i tested a lot of material you know just to make sure that i wasn't the only one who found it funny Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people nowadays um, have the ability to do that because it's a different medium. It's different to be funny and edit yourself and manipulate the footage to, you know, you know, see the result that you want. But to test it live to ensure that the comedy and the material is funny before you do it on video, that's a, that's a whole other skill set. Mm-hmm. For sure. What advice would you give to someone who want to start a YouTube channel today in 2020? Ooh. I have bad advice because I don't think even I could, (laughs) I can't blow up a YouTube channel now. So I think it's, you know, it's the, it's the age old sort of saying, be yourself, but it's impossible. Like being yourself is authentic 
but at some point you're going to find yourself even being yourself is not really being yourself oh i like that that's an interesting yeah that's an interesting thought it's strange because you think that you're being yourself it's like oh i'm being my authentic self but Mm -hmm. then you know you do video after video after video and you start to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for, for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like whenever you see content where they start out, Hey guys, what the, like all that stuff. Like it literally, that is not you. That is not how you talk. <laughs> yeah, that is not how you yeah. say hi to people. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> He's definitely hurt now. You heard him real deep with that one. Yeah, that What's up everyone? That must be like all that stuff. It's like, it's not how you talk, but, <laughs> No, that's that's how I talk. That that is how I talk. I promise. I promise. That's how I talk. Hey, if you talk the way that you did, and you put me over and say that I'm a pioneer every time, fuck, just continue I, talking. I got you, dude. I, like I got you, dude. That sounds good for me. <laughs> but my advice, I think, is to you know keep a level head. Mm, you know, mm. I think the most important thing: be yourself, but then also really ensure that you're creating engaging content as well. And if you're not don't lie to your audience. Don't clickbait your audience into watching something that isn't actually what it's about. Mm-hmm. I think being authentic means that you're being truthful, you know, through yourself and through your storytelling. Sure. If it's a character, like you got uncle Roger doing a Chinese accent now. And I love the guy. I love Nigel who, who plays him. And people have reached out to me going, you know, this guy took your Chinese accent. I'm like, no, I, I didn't trademark the Chinese accent more than one person can do. A Chinese accent, right? I can't trademark mm-hmm. that. He's got his own thing, and he's and he's blowing up, and I think it's great because he also, similar to me, comes from the stage. He's a stand-up comic, right. so you know his timing is there, and and that's what I like because he brought back the character. The character died, you know. After <laughs> I did the Peter Chow, everybody was just so obsessed with being yourself. Mm-hmm. So boring, right. so boring, just being yourself. You got to play a character. You got to bring characters back. You got to bring storytelling back. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I admire the guy. Mm-hmm. I think that. And, and I admire, you know, in some cases, like the Jake Pauls, you don't know how much of a character that is. And sometimes, so you, you kind of like. It blends reality with yeah. facts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's interesting. When you don't know something is real or not, mm-hmm. it becomes very enticing to follow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, you know, if I had to point out the positives in what he did and how he ran his business, I would say that because he was good at creating drama for many, many years. Do you you think that's, do you think that's still something that can possibly happen now? Do you think the mystery is still something that a content creator can establish now? Although there's, there's really no way to keep mystery in this day and age you know what i mean it's a little bit tougher it's a little bit tougher i guess with the advent of like you know twitter just started when i first started youtube Mm. it's it's blowing up now you can't do anything like you say something wrong like eva longoria like mentioned one bit about how latinas you know saved the the election yeah and she got major backlash like literally you could say something you could tweet something you could put something up Turn your phone off. 15 minutes later, you're either being praised or you're either being canceled. It's true. One or the other. Even yeah. if your intention is not to 
say anything bad or take anything away from any other community or culture. People are people have an opinion. So I'll I'll actually yeah no you brought me into a great thing which I saw on Twitter I read on Twitter which was um, how important intention is for cancel culture right someone intended to actually say something in a certain way but we just kind of took it and ran with it and th- thought something else right yeah how much do you think intention should be factored in when someone is being canceled if they had good intentions if they had bad intentions when they're making whatever content right the most important thing is that the people doing the canceling they don't care they will not give you the time of day yeah they'll read a headline and try to cancel you and they'll spread it without looking into it or looking at the con- contextual side of anything they're not going to care and all they are coming out to do is to ensure that you pay for what you said or pay for what you allegedly mm. said or what <laughs> people are saying that you said yeah. so so yeah it's it's headline culture as well because headlines have to be eye grabbing yeah i mean are you i mean when was the last time you guys not saying you guys don't read but like you know read an article that had like a really boring ass headline yeah you you don't you don't read art like reading is tough i don't know but Mm -hmm. i don't want to speak for you guys (laughs) (laughs) like you know an article has to be incredibly enticing and that it sucks because that means i'm feeding into headline culture yeah. and mm-hmm. it's tough because that could you know one day come to bite me in the ass or it's all uh ready <laughs> it's all one big game of uh broken telephone right it, it, you know exactly you hear exactly. one thing it goes through like uh, me and coop we've dealt with it before with k-pop uh you know oh, we, yeah we did you trash bunch- k-pop we, yeah, yeah yeah we trash k-pop. <laughs> yeah it's wow. a mistake it's a mistake you do it, not mess with the k-pop no no, no. They'll come after you, man. And the worst like, part is, you know, like, worst like, stuff. if you're a K-pop star, you know, it, it essentially happens when you're a child. You know, you're groomed yeah. at a very young age to be this massive icon. And you can't even, like, smoke. If you have, like, a cigarette in your hand, your That's fans go absolutely crazy. Wild. You'd be yeah. like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? You, are, like, it's almost as if K-pop stars are a possession. And they... And that's that's sort of the, the territory that we're entering. And if you get to that size or that sort of level in your career, you start to sense that you're not your own person because you belong to the people. You belong to the people that watch you. And that's exactly what K-pop's about. So when you're insulting whoever you're insulting when you're talking about K-pop, you're insulting the people watching and following mm-hmm. K-pop as well. I did one video talking about a K-pop star, and this was prior to the big boom. I think it was in like 2015 or 16 mm-hmm. when I was already slowing down. And I said one thing about, oh, this motherfucker have that stupid ass hair. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, do not talk about a K-pop person's hair. No, we did <laughs> that actually. Yeah, no, you, you do. Because like, uh, I think the thing we actually said was because they had different colored hair and we're like, they, you know, they got like the Dragon Ball Z thing going on. And you cannot say that. That yeah, is not, no way. No, Actually, way. I like Dragon Ball Z. Huh? It's not even an insult. If you said that <laughs> I had Dragon Ball Z hair, I'd be like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So growing up, did you always want to be, you know, into like acting and comedy or did you want to do something else as a career path? I was always a, a bit of a class clown growing up. I, I, I did want to make people laugh. I didn't necessarily know what acting was you know, in, in terms of the process of it, uh, to the extent that I do now, but I've always wanted to entertain, you know, as a kid, I would want to make friends laugh. I would you know, go to 
look forward to theater class, you know, in elementary school and junior high. It's like, usually that's like where the nerds go, mm-hmm. and, but I was a nerd. I was a loser and that's just what I wanted. And I don't know. I, I feel like we're all damaged in a way when we want to make a living out of pretending to be other people. Even when <laughs> I was Peter Chow, I was pretending to be someone I wasn't. And I don't know what, like nothing traumatic happened, you know, when I was a kid that led to these decisions, it was just simply what I found funny. Like me and like my mom and I were uh, very much into making fun of our own culture. So when we like saw ads for all Chinese channels, when they would just pepper in English words, even though their English was fucking terrible. I remember (laughs) seeing like an ad for Toyota. Hopefully Toyota is not one of your sponsors, but like these ads that, <laughs> that we saw, like be like all Chinese, da, 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 all the Chinese. And then right at the end and be like, Toyota, Ayaka. like, like <laughs> just keep it all in Chinese. It's a yeah. Chinese ad. Yeah. You got to say Toyota like that. So <laughs> Toyota. And it was just, we would just laugh for, for just hours. And then when I f- first initially, you know, started the character. That's where it came from. It just came mm-hmm. from, you know, the, the the laughter that I experienced as a child, just, you know, poking fun at our culture. Because if you can't laugh at yourself, you know, that's that's the one thing. You ask me whether I get affected by the backlash. Not really, because I'm just like, I'm just doing stuff that makes me laugh genuinely. My, my intention is never to offend people. Mm-hmm. It's just what I find funny. And if uh, if what I find funny offends people, then sucks to be that. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what were some of the people you look up for inspiration and why? I'd say Jim Carrey initially when I was a kid, big 90s mm. kid, you know? Canadian guy too. Canadian guy too. Just the. And you see him still do it now. I mean, the guy is just such an intellectual. And the thing with comics and people who are very good at comedy. Often it makes it so they're incredibly good when they try to be very good dramatic actors. Uh-huh. If you're funny and if you're a funny comedic actor, usually because there is sadness that is prevalent within comedy, mm-hmm. it makes it very easy to become a dramatic actor. You look at Jim Carrey and then he tried to do the Truman Show and he did dramatic roles like Eternal Sunshine. Yep. And then now you have like the Adam Sandlers when he wants to and not fuck with the audience and not come up with a hoobie Halloween or whatever the fuck, (laughs) the guy can fucking act uncut James. That's another guy that I looked up to, you know, when I was growing up, people who can bring their comedy and make it live on stage, like Jim Carrey before he did movies, you know, in living color, like all the SNL people, you know, from the seventies, eighties, like if you have the ability to make people laugh in person, and it's very different from me being able to make you laugh on the other side of the screen. Mm-hmm. And that's why I felt it was so important to take comedic bits and material to stage prior to making videos out of them because you can guarantee, hey, I'm not the only one who finds this funny. So growing up when I see the likes of you know Jim Carrey doing what he did on late night talk shows, doing what he did in, in Living Color, and then his transition to film... That's really when I decided I was like, hey, I'd like to do this one day. Hmm. And I thought the correct path at the time was to become a director first. But actually, now that I think about it, 
you'd be a lot better at directing if you understood the yeah. process of acting. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of like the flipped process now is my approach is I want to be a very good actor so I can then direct mm. other actors into the performance that I think that they're capable of. Mm-hmm. what's your what's your process when it comes to acting like how do you approach i know that's like such a cliche thing yeah. to ask what's your what is your process but uh <laughs> but like read the script this goes back to the not wanting to read no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i read the script and, and i have to you know obviously give my interpretation of the character yeah um and you know my biggest role was and was in um the Netflix show Woo Assassins in which well, I, I was a younger character in which someone older, actually we, we were only a difference of two years in real life, but he paid oh, wow. the older version. Wow. Asian genes, you know, this is, <laughs> but you know, you, you have to study the character and you have to, when given that opportunity, you have to discuss with the other actor playing the older version of the character you're playing. What are you doing? What would you have done when you were younger? Because right. I was playing the version prior to him becoming a drug addict. So I have to kind of like look at that. And, you know, if the season gets renewed and it, it, it um, hopefully explores the what happened before he, he became a drug addict, Ooh. that right. character, the Tommy character, it, that's that gives me an opportunity to to play around uh, with characters that I can realize. And I think it's just most important is that you make a choice and make a commitment when these characters, when these opportunities come to you, make a choice and mm-hmm. and commit to that choice that you make. And then if the director was like, hey, you know, it's it's not exactly what we see for the character, then he'll give you or she'll give you their feedback. And then you can kind of make tweaks. But you have to kind of go in with something in your mind like, hey, this is my interpretation of it, right or wrong. And then mm-hmm. you can tell me what's up, you know, on your side. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a moment where you've gotten on set with this idea? And then as soon as you get there, they're like, shut the fuck up. That's not what we wanted to do. That's- I don't do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's, it's been, it, it's always been a collaborative process. Like yeah. if I do something in the first take, I, I always try to, even in auditions and, and tapes now, we're taping a lot nowadays yeah. when we have to like set up a ghetto ass like blue screen and we, we mm-hmm. tape and we, we read for certain particular roles. And a lot of the choices that you make is, is that because you don't get direction when you're taping and you're submitting these auditions. And, and part of the struggle is this, like not a lot of people see this side of, of the process of acting. They mm-hmm. just think that, you know, actors and celebrities, they just, oh, they got a role and they put it on Instagram and on social media. It's like, they, they, that's what they think. Oh, lucky him or lucky her. They got this role, but like, they don't see what's going on. Like yeah. we're in like sweats and wearing a suit up top sweats on the bottom. And <laughs> just like working our asses off, trying to make choices and make commitments. And, make you know, hopefully yeah. in this, you know, life, like the it's, it's a lottery, right? So yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know exactly where I was going. I don't know if even. No, no, no. I like that though. I, I like but, what you said. You're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah, You're good. that's that's the process that I take. You have to you have to make a choice. Okay, um, I know we talked about monetization before, so I wanted to bring it back to there. I see that you do have a lot of avenues such as Cameo, YouTube, Instagram. Now, um, mm-hmm. what do you find works best for you, and how are you able to make a living out of being a personality? I like brand deals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed on your Instagram. <laughs> I like them, and I, you know, I, 
you know, you just kind of have to force force it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> podcast, podcast reads. Um, that's definitely, I mean, cameo is not a lot of money. It's like, yeah. it's, it's a good amount of money if you have a high volume of people. But like, I think that cameo is more so just giving back. Um, hmm. It is, it is a, it's a cool way to diversify your revenue streams for sure. Um, but it's mostly to give back to the people that have followed the character for so long yeah. and that want to see that, you know, live in terms of you saying their name or wishing them a happy mm. birthday. I think that's cool. Um, but yeah, th there are a ton of avenues. There's merch as well, which is great. But I think the easiest one is to do um, branded integrations. And it's, mm. it's, um, it's tough because you have to kind of not be a sellout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then <laughs> sure. also have that message be integrated within what you would usually do. Mm -hmm. So it's, mm -hmm. it's challenging and it's always going to be challenging because you, you'll always have creator or followers that'll say that you're selling out on the platform. But like what they don't understand is that I'm literally 95% of my other time is devoted to creating content that isn't paid. Especially yeah. when you're talking about TikTok, I'm literally just producing five, six pieces of content per day because I find it funny and I hope you do as well. <laughs> oh, sorry if I have to do one fucking read of the <laughs> DoorDash ad. Like, just like get over yourself. Watch it, support it. And when I see, you know, a homie of mine doing, you know, brand deals, I am a hundred percent always on. I'm double tapping. I'm commenting because yeah. I want them to succeed. I might not yeah. like the piece of content. Who, who gives a shit? I might not even like the brand that they're plugging. I don't give a shit if it's like a, a shitty brand or what have you. I'm always going to double tap and I'm always going to say some shit like, oh, I'm going to sign up right away. Because <laughs> 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 no, all the brands are looking for is engagement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're looking for yeah. likes. They're looking for conversions. I'm not going to convert personally. But, I, <laughs> but I'm always going to double tap and I'm always going to yeah. be like, yeah. good on you because I want them to succeed. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I, I would hope that others would do the same for me. Like if you mm -hmm. see that I'm doing a brand deal, fuck, I don't care if you like the piece of content or not, just like it. Support. It's yeah, definitely. support, right? All yeah. about support. I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. And same thing with followers, same thing with people who watch your content for free, then to have the audacity to call you a sellout when you need to pay your bills or when you, yep. you, know, you need to pay for something like what do you think? I'm just making this content for free for nothing. Like <laughs> cut me some slack. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, this sounds like a bitch fest, but you know, I'm just saying, yeah, Literally, uh, support no. my shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, what platform do you find works best for you? For now, TikTok for sure. It's just yeah. the, the short form satisfaction. I mean, mm -hmm. when I started to wind down on YouTube, you already start to, f you could feel that people didn't have the attention span you know, to last mm. past three minutes. And now based on whatever medium that you excel in, like podcasting is great. I look for podcasts that are like over an hour long just so mm. that there's something to do when I go for a walk or I walk my dog. And, and then there's a thirst for that long form content, especially now mm. we're all in fucking quarantine and lockdown or, or a mixture of both. Mm. You're looking for that long form content to kind of fill time. So there is two different mediums. I mean, I have a podcast of my own, but I'm not sure anybody who followed my content up to a certain point would actually like that long form style from me. Hmm. Yeah. So I'd have to like, kind of like build that up, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? From the ground up and not rely on any sort of existing people that follow me. Um, but yeah, there's, there's certainly a thirst for both short form content, hmm. long form content. And, you know, I like to do both. I like to kind of mm -hmm. dip my toes in every pool, so to speak. 
what uh what accomplishment are you most proud of and why i guess yeah what accomplishment that's tough i don't have one specific accomplishment that i'm like super super Mm -hmm. proud of i'm just proud overall that i was able to get more than 20 people to sit down and watch my content i'm still very i'm shocked that you know even when i had 20,000 videos or 20,000 people watching one of my videos i thought to myself that's an entire arena that's Mm -hmm. a regular concert arena of people watching i don't think people are able to kind of think like that yeah sometimes people say 20,000 oh man my fucking video bombed it is 20,000 hits I'm like, it's 20,000 people, man. That's 20,000 people that engage with your content. And I'm not saying like, you know, be grateful or what have you, but yeah, be grateful. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. Every time I I put something up on TikTok and I'm like, there's more than 500 people watching this. Oh man, it's like one minute and it's now like 20,000 views. I, I think about the impact of that. And it's crazy that this is the way that we consume content now. It's so easy with TikTok just to keep scrolling. Mm -hmm. So you have to command attention within the first five seconds, if that, or you're done. Mm -hmm. Next, next. We are in that culture now. It's next, next, next. So you better be doing some 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 good shit. (laughs) You know. Speaking about your content, do you actually um, have like a process behind it where you write a script and pre? pre-plan everything or are you more of like take it as a go person i take it as a go but yeah i do map out things that i want to do and i have like a notepad you know on my phone where i just like you know you'll think of the weirdest shit when you're doing other things yeah so if i don't write them down i'll forget so like you know whether you're taking a shower i guess Mm. you can't really bring your phone into the shower but okay (laughs) how about this the R-rated version. When I'm taking a shit, I got my phone. <laughs> when, I got my, when I got my phone with me, I will think of some crazy, crazy, just like random shit, and I'll write it down in my notepad, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that idea. Yeah, how can I make that different?" I think like the biggest thing nowadays with with TikTok because there's no really, you know, ownership of a trend or what have you. People will say that you're copying other people, but as long as you take an idea and you interpret it in your own way and you add your own flair to it, I don't really find that copying more so as transforming it and making it into something more than what it was. So I think that that is a huge concept because a lot of us are inspired by other people. You take films that are remakes of older films or borrow ideas from original concepts and you'll see that everything is somewhat of a copy, right? Mm -hmm. Even between genres. So I think it's important. The only thing I can't copy is dancing because I'm not going to put the effort into learning a dance these you know TikTok gals. You got this. Incredibly <laughs> good at doing what they do. All right, <laughs> not not hating, but I you know I I have a mixture of coming up with original concepts and then also borrowed ideas. I'm like, hey, what what if I did this this way? And then mm-hmm. if that sort of takes off, then hopefully people enjoy it. Okay. Well, this is a music commentary podcast, so I have to ask you, what is in your playlist? What are you listening to these days? Mostly hip-hop. Mostly hip-hop, yeah. Yeah, I love just the... I don't love, like, you know, new hip-hop as much. I don't know if that's... (laughs) Oh, no, definitely agree. Definitely, But, you know, I mean, I'll go through it right now, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, give us a couple joints. 
What do you got? Ooh, let's see here. I call it the sweet potato puree. Okay. Nobody, <laughs> nobody follows. Like I don't know. I, I can't stand people who who say follow my Spotify playlist. I don't know if this is the wrong forum to say that. <laughs> like I overhear conversations at restaurants and go like. Um. Yeah, just follow me on my Spotify plays. Like nobody gives a fuck what you're listening to. Okay? <laughs> it's that's true. That's I'm no, that's true. It. That's hundred percent true. I've I've never been a playlist type of guy either. But um, I mean, yeah, I don't really give a shit about playlists to be honest. I can't believe people even ask those questions. Like yeah. I've never gotten that one before. Follow me on my playlist. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> oh, I also like R and B as well. Nice. I like a nice soothing, like it, it can't be hard rap all the time. Yep. Um, I got some, I got some, uh, and by the way, I might be pronouncing any of any or all of these names wrong. I like the baby Roddy rich TJ Joyner Lucas. Okay. Uh, Amigos young boy, Ty Dolla Sign burner bands. Uh, okay. Code of the friend is I've never heard of code of the friend, but I was like, Oh, that's the show the Tayana Taylor, Pop Smoke, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, Wiz Kid, Vanilla Gray on the come up. Okay. Uh, Jaden Smith. Love Jaden Smith. I like yeah, uh, yes, he's good. You know, Boslin, uh, her. Just like uh, uh you know Drake, because I'm a basic bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm a basic dude. A lot of basic dudes actually love Drake as well. Yes, that oh, is that's, that's true. So, as as a basic dude, dude, I agree. I agree. There you go. There you go. Party next door. I love by the way. I gotta say, I love Bieber. Okay. Big, I know that's like against my character because uh, mm-hmm. like I made like four or five. Like yeah. I, I feel like Bieber is on another level right now. I don't know if this agrees with many of the people listening, but like, mm-hmm. dude's got a soft ass voice. <laughs> I'm sure we got some Bieber fans. I'm sure we got some. Sure. Fans Maybe. Maybe. Got some. Uh, who knows? I mean, like, it's really easy to hate the guy, you know. <laughs> Yeah, based on all the personal things that he's done, but yeah, I, I feel like he's in somewhat of a good place now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who, who knows? Who knows? What are you? Growth. What are your fans like? Growth, growth. That's what it's called. It's all about growth. It's all about maturity. Yeah. But uh, but what do you know? What are your fans and what are your listeners like? What kind of music do they listen to? I'll just say whatever they like, just to. Got a huge female following, so they're probably like the Bieber stuff as well too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know they like Drake. I know they love they love some Drake. They love them. I mentioned Drake. both of them. I know, right? Yeah. I'm in a good place. Yeah, you good. You're good. Oh man, so I gotta ask you, how does 2021 look for you? Like, what can we expect from you in the new year to come? Well, 2020 is a write-off. For sure. It's, it's a bust. <laughs> yep. um, I think 2021 will be a good indication of how the platform of TikTok evolves, where mm-hmm. it goes. Because I think we're all figuring out in terms of what the, the platform has to offer. I had no idea what would go viral and what wouldn't. And then when you see a video do like 8 million views, it's, it's crazy. So I just want to keep doing that. I want to keep creating content that I love and that I want to watch myself. Like sometimes I, I'll make a TikTok and I'll literally watch it like 10, 15 times before I <laughs> post it. I'm like, man, I'm very satisfied with what I've done here. <laughs> but yeah. um, just to continue the grind on the, on the acting side as well, develop my podcast. You can check out my podcast, The Peter Chow Show on, on, on Spotify or wherever listeners listen i mostly interview actors um but yeah it's it's i think doing podcasts is is really important if you want to be the one learning mm-hmm. i always want to chat with people who are smarter than i am i don't want to mm-hmm. chat with someone who's dumber i'm not going to learn anything right that's I, why I, we have you on right now 
I'm taking so many notes. I was, I was setting you up for that. I just wanted you to say that. Was Thank you. I appreciate it. Pioneer intelligence. Pioneer. There we go. Just he is on fire. <laughs> yeah. I love to. I love talking to smart people. I would prefer all the time to chat with someone who is smarter than I am, for sure. Because I can learn. I can learn mm. from them. And I think that's the. I don't really you know, care who listens or who wants to listen to me talk to someone for an hour. It's mostly just for me, selfishly, for the, <laughs> for the podcast. I just love talking to people. And I think especially yeah. now with, with quarantine, it's, it's like you're not getting to like meet up with people as much. So having the opportunity to shoot the shit with you guys, you know, for like close to, wow, we did 50 minutes today oh, wow. is, is crazy. Yeah. You don't, yeah. you know, you have to think about that because like in other even like let's just take listeners or viewers out of the equation just getting to sit down and shoot the breeze with a, with a couple of guys with common interests that's a privilege thank you thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, but wait before before because i know coop really wants to yeah. ask this question we got to do the staple on the no good podcast we ask this question to everybody what is no good to you but is good to others Oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> we ask everybody, man. We ask everybody. What? How deep do I have to go? Cause, it like, doesn't matter. It doesn't. You can go surface level as chewing gum or as deep as, you know, childhood trauma. I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> That's real <laughs> deep. This is a tough one. I mean, I hate to keep talking about TikTok, but I have to say nobody that I know in real life likes the platform <laughs> does that answer the question i guess yeah, yeah, yeah i can't yeah. i literally can't talk to people about my tiktoks that i know in real life because they're like fuck tiktok <laughs> so how about that that's no good to the people yeah. that i know okay it's good to the people that i don't know i know it's kind of a bailout answer but I'm no good. that was good that was good i don't have anything else i mean i like chewing gum i i would imagine that it's good for everyone what do, what do most people how do most people answer that question that's a really tough one uh some people answer food a lot of people answer yeah. food Food. Boy. yeah move yeah. on yeah. like nickelback or something like that yeah. like you know, yeah okay yeah that's a good example i like nickelback <laughs> i don't i don't i actually don't <laughs> like, i like you know, it food. Yeah. Right, sorry. <laughs> what else no i think that's good i think we're good there okay. i like it um, Speaking of TikTok, I saw that you have a really good uh, Trump impression. So we just wanted to ask you if you could give us your best Trump impression of him giving his first speech when he has to acknowledge he lost the election and Joe Biden won. <laughs> quite frankly, I didn't lose the election. I was very far off from losing it. Quite frankly, I won the election and I won it by a lot. 71 million people voted for me that is the most that is a record certainly a record that we've never <laughs> seen and i don't see myself as losing the election quite frankly i won the election <laughs> i'm not leaving the white house i'm not leaving ever yeah how's that, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the, the quite frankly is just on point that's the best one just quite frankly in the in the way that he moves his hands and yeah. oh man it's just the guy's just such i don't know what i'm gonna do for the next four years <laughs> honestly man i'm sure i could just you know what i'll do is i'll just take his tweets and i'll make because he, he probably won't have the resources once he isn't president to make videos to to the volume in which he yeah. was when he was president um but yeah i think i'll just i'll just do his tweets i'll say whatever he says in a tweet in video yeah. form because he's still going to be off the rails when it comes to tweeting like he's oh, going to yeah. be 
he's going to be on the shitter just typing away at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and that's totally fine. You know, that's content. I can't wait until we get the, the first uh, drunk tweet from Trump. Oh, <laughs> three in the morning. Wasn't drunk this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's true. That's true. Oh, oh man. man. Politics. They, they always say stray away from politics. They always just like anytime I do a Trump video, man, like yeah. the hatred that come yeah. that I get from, really? you know, because initially when I was doing the, the Trump, you know, imitation at first, I was like, man, everybody's going to find this hilarious and they're gonna agree with me on how stupid he is and like it's a good hard 50 percent that comes after me and goes Damn. i liked you up until this point uh, <laughs> no you know, way. the fact that you have the audacity to make fun of our president like show some <laughs> oh fucking respect and i'm just like listen dude is a buffoon and i'm just making fun of him and how he talks and why don't you just see the humor in yeah this? okay yeah. see the yeah. humor find it I know that you've been brainwashed. Essays in the comments. <laughs> My God, the comments. I got to say, like, nothing affects me personally, but wow, just the comments of just people who are stupid. And I've gotten really good at not responding to the people who just have no idea what they're saying. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun just seeing people argue. Because oh, when yeah. you think of something, like if someone says something about you, and this is the benefit of any platform that you're on, is if someone says something bad about you and you want to say something back, halfway through writing something back, someone will already have come to your defense. And you're like, yeah. okay, great. I can just the backspace all that shit. And, uh, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you. Definitely, definitely feel that. But uh, just before we go, can you let our listeners know where to find you, your socials, everything? Beautiful. Beautiful. I love this part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what, do plug, what do you have next coming? Let us all know. <laughs> No, you can find me all my socials on direct.me slash Peter Chow. That's like a, a new platform. It's kind of like a link tree, but it's a lot better. But it's like it has all the shit there. So you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and YouTube. And you can find all my shit there. Um, but otherwise, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's just such a fantastic opportunity just to just chat. Yeah. Chatting. Talk to you <laughs> Tell me, man. Good, Good conversation. Man. Good we'd, we'd love to have you back to, to chat some more, man. Absolutely. Anytime, my friend. Anytime. For sure. Peter Chow, OG YouTuber, pioneer of the YouTube <laughs> game. There we have it, guys. Say it again. <laughs> say it again. All three of you guys say it at the same time. Pioneer. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Time it. You got to time it. Time it. One, two, three. Pioneer. Wow. You guys had the same like rhythm <laughs> and tone. <laughs> we work on it. Until next time, it's the boys from No Good Podcast. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. Later. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.